We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we broadcast loud and queer, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and recognise their own history as well as their queer history and community members. The voice for LGBTQ plus youth and music only on synth. This is Loud and Queer. Welcome to Loud and Queer, the voice for queer youth and music on Sin. My name is Elizabeth, my pronouns are she, her, I'm bisexual, and I'm coming to you on Boonarong land that which was never ceded. And my name's Laura, I'm queer and non-binary, my pronouns are they, them, and I'm coming to you from Wemba Wemba and Prepa Prepa land, and I would like to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. And we've got a new host with us today. Hello. Hey, I'm Sammy. My pronouns are they, them. I'm Ace, and uh, I'm coming to you from Wurundjeri country on in the Kulin Nation. Welcome, Sammy. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. We are a treat now, which is exciting. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know what else to add, but what can we expect on the show today, Elizabeth? Coming up on the show, we're going to be going through our regular newsweek of stories for the week. Then we'll also be delving into just some of the... We talked a bit about it last week, but more of the complete failures done by the corporate world to appeal to pride. (laughs) You're also going to be hearing me chat to Misha Plant and Sam McGowan, who are currently making a short film called Fireworks. As well as our Froth or Not for the week. If you want to get in touch with us at any time during the show or otherwise, um, tag us at SinLoud on Twitter or Instagram and follow our Facebook page, Loud and Queer. Uh, you can find our podcast on Omni at Loud and Queer and I uh, believe it's across all the major providers as well. Yeah, pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. Um, and you can also tune in to Loud and Queer every Sunday from 3 to 5 p.m. on 90.7 FM or the SIN website, sin.org.au. To kick off the show today, song-wise, we have an incredible First Nations queer artist. Uh, we've got Riverboy with Before I Forget. You're listening to Loud and Queer on SIN. Make sure you're tuning in at 3 p.m. on Sundays to hear the songs as we play them on the show live. You can search for the Loud and Queer internet mixtape on Spotify to find them otherwise, or just search for the artist and the song name as we announce them on the podcast you're listening to right now. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome back to Loud and Queer. I'm your host Elizabeth with Laura and Sammy. You just listened to Before I Forget by Riverboy, an amazing First Nations queer artist. Now we're going to get into our regular news whip of stories for the week. Just be aware, just for content warnings, some of these stories have to do with some transphobic topics as well as rainbow capitalism. Yeah, I wasn't sure if rainbow capitalism was really a content warning we needed, but specifically myself, I've just been so exhausted by like the amount of it that's just cascading down on us. And yeah, I just wanted to let people know that's coming up. Um, but I'll start us off. From Pink News, model railway brand Hornby has rapidly backtracked and agreed to donate to LGBTQIA plus causes after its rainbow pride van was condemned as a hollow marketing ploy. The new model unveiled at the start of Pride Month features the six-coloured rainbow flag with the words Pride and Love is Love, yet offered no proceeds to LGBTQIA plus charities. In a statement released on Thursday evening, 
the 3rd of June, the company apologized to the LGBTQIA plus community and admitted we have got this wrong and waving the flag is not enough. Uh, Trans and non-binary people are set to be the front and center of Pride Month campaigns in the U.S. uh, as organizers hope to bring attention to the recent wave of anti-trans laws. Republican bills in dozens of states propose banning healthcare for young trans people, preventing trans students from playing school sports and criminalizing parents who support their trans kids. According to queer advocacy organization Human Rights Campaign, more than 250 anti-LGBT plus bills have been introduced in U.S. states this year, uh, including at least 35 blocking trans youth from accessing gender-affirming healthcare. Q News reports a new collective of Gladstone locals from the LGBTQIA plus community and allies, Rainbow on the Reef, are calling for feedback on establishing a Pride Fair Day in the regional Queensland city. The group first formed in March and have set a goal to establish a Fair Day event in Gladstone within the next 18 months. Rainbow on the Reef volunteer Heather Richards has said they want to cultivate a culture of pride in identity and diversity for the Gladstone region and beyond. She said their goal is to create an event inclusive for the whole queer community. This week, the group launched an anonymous survey to get feedback from the community on what the event should look like. The survey can be found on surveymonkey.com under the name Rainbow on the Reef LGBTQIA plus interest survey. That was our queer news whip on Loud and Queer. If any of those stories distressed or concerned you, please call Lifeline at 131114, QLife at 1800 184 or Kids Helpline at 1800 551800. Welcome back to Loud and Queer. I'm your host, Elizabeth, with my co-host, Laura and Sammy. You just listened to Don't Stop Me Now by Moju, as well as Lorelei by Taylor Young. So we're going to dive back into rainbow capitalism this week, particularly because um, the first week of Pride Month is almost over and we've seen a few quite horrific specimens since June 1. (laughs) And Sammy, you showed us some particularly horrific t-shirts today. Yeah, so these ones are from uh, Amazon. Big boy Bezos himself has uh, <laughs> shown his support for the community that he clearly loves. Um, yeah, I don't think these are Pride Pacific, but uh, they're just like those general like cheap print mass-produced shirts that go up on like Etsy and Amazon. Mm. And uh, I thought in, in spirit of like terrible Pride merch, I'd just go and grab some like uh, really good ones. Um, <laughs> it's... Uh, content warning, uh, Harry Potter at this point, honestly, <laughs> just in general. God. But um, there's some real great ones that like has like Hogwarts uh, with like a, a rainbow flag kind of like um, color palette and uh, no one should live in a closet. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just like there's two different designs which have um, some like Harry Potter uh, queer washed insignia. One that says uh, nobody knows I'm trans in very plain text, which I feel is like, yeah, a shirt that actual trans people would wear because that's not going to jeopardize your safety in some situations even. Mm. Um, Like just, yeah, just uh, horrendously funny stuff, honestly. It's it's so so much of a miss. It's hard to take seriously. Why does it feel like 2005? (laughs) I mean, I'll be honest, my first thought when I just think of, think of, Jeff Bezos was just like, oh my God, an opportunity for him to make more money cheaply. Uh, well, yeah, I've seen so much from like the, um, this ugly rainbow suit. I don't, it was like from some generic fashion brand. I don't remember what it was. And then like the Listerine bottle just in like the ugliest rainbow pattern ever. Like that, that's the thing. They take like the rainbow and they just like throw it on things in these really like gaudy 
colors and it's unbearable to look at but I am loving those memes I don't know if you've seen them but it's like um what companies think gay people are like versus what me and my gay friends are actually like and it's it's like these like creepily happy like white gay models in the pride merch compared to like um I don't know people at a protest or like pictures of like raccoons or something just like hanging yeah. out <laughs> Clover and like anarchy flags yeah exactly um which is yeah probably why they fail so hard specifically for for groups like us but another one i found really obnoxious is like the alcohol brands packaging all their stuff in rainbow flags and you're just there like well one this is really inappropriate um and two they are like actively harming some communities at times so yeah it's not um definitely not genuine especially if they're not donating any proceeds like if you're making any money off pride merch you should be donating all of that i reckon to um queer charities and things it's so frustrating i I hate the um i hate whenever i see like even like when people just like have the generic like company brands or like they have their logos and literally all they do in support of pride month is just like put a rainbow on it instead yeah Oh, there was, like, the Ikea, um, they didn't do anything for gays. They just had their little, like, their basket icon. The tiny, tiny basket icon on their website was had, like, a tiny rainbow print on it. I was like, wow, you tried so hard. The bare minimum. <laughs> um, oh, there was another meme that was, like, Chick-fil-A, like, donate, of like, millions of dollars to, like, creating those anti-LGBT laws that we did talk about. Mm. Um and other things like that and um but there was a great meme taking the piss out of them which is like um companies during pride and it was like two people one of them was dressed up in like really bright colorful stuff and that was like all the other companies and then chick-fil-a was like like totally in just black like (laughs) t-shirt black everything (laughs) so it's like well they're they're um obviously not trying yeah which is probably I mean in the very least and this is like this is the most depressive outlook on it but in the very least they're not trying when you know all the horrible stuff they do like if they were trying I'd just be even more insulted but then they have lied a lot haven't they like oh true that was the joke at first it was like oh at least they're like not being obvious but then they do like lie about they're like oh we've stopped donating to those causes but then like yeah it turns out that they definitely haven't right true that unfortunately are there any brands businesses uh queer people that we do like that we would like to shout out though yeah i want to um, shout out some local vic based businesses that make some great merch that if you you do want to get a bit material this pride uh us mm-hmm. pride then uh i would recommend these places uh tibbs and bones is one which is a ta bbs and bones um yeah just very small scale uh queer merch if you go to their website it's like very fun and you can like kind of tell that it is a very small scale kind of business but it's very fun stuff they're 100% queer like queer run owned uh it's all cool then another one is house of dizzy which have done some stuff with tibs and bones uh a lot of people probably know the name house of dizzy it's it's becoming like world renowned at this point honestly but Mm. uh yeah it's uh soji gang's label they do a lot of like first nations indige queer stuff but uh there is stuff for um like just queer people 
and allies as well. So uh, it's all like kind of pricier stuff, but honestly, like it's worth it to invest in these like small businesses and you know the money's going to like actual decent queer people that care about the community. So yeah, those mm. would be my two tips and bones and House of Dizzy. Nice. You, Elizabeth, yeah. do you have any favorite brands? Yeah, um, I probably shout out one of my friends. They have a, they run a small business like making, selling a lot of handmade jewelry called Sugar Knives. It's sort of like the fun, like cute punk sort of aesthetic. So like lots of like lovely, well, I mean, Sugar Knives, you kind of get the idea from like the name of it. Like they sell a lot of really nice, like with like, you know, beads, gems, like some resins crafted as well. It's really mm. It's it's got that like cute but creepy vibe to it and it's just a it's honestly I just love the stuff that they make so I highly recommend them. They're they're gay and non-binary and they're just they're wonderful. Sick. Um I couldn't think of any until just now, but there's this artist on Instagram I've been wanting to buy prints of for ages and their name is Leo Mateus, I think. And yeah, they do really cool. Um prints of of trans people's bodies um and yeah it's just really beautiful stuff um also Shuglet on who is a non-binary photographer I can't really afford any of their stuff but they do like amazing um like really large scale um sort of um portraits of fat people just like enjoying their lives in nature and it's always or often very queer themed, which is cool too. Um, but yeah, getting their stuff from the US and also in such large scale is not really a thing I've been able to do, but just even give them a follow, it helps them out. Um, all right, sweet. Well, that was our um, chat about rainbow capitalism part two. Um, you're listening to Loud and Queer with Laura, Elizabeth and Sammy and we're going to listen to Midnight Pool Party's single No Names. This is Loud and Queer, the loudest, queerest podcast around. Want more Loud and Queer? Follow our socials at SinLoud on Instagram and Twitter. listening to Loud and Queer on Sin. I'm Sammy, my pronouns are they, them, and I'm coming to you from Wairarong country in the Kulin Nation. Got an interview for you now coming up. Had a chat with uh, Sam and Misha, who are young filmmakers working on this short called Fireworks. The film's like a graduate film that's probably not going to be out for a while now. It's still in post-production. So this is just a general chat about how that process has been going and uh, like how they feel as young filmmakers telling queer stories. Uh, I think it's really interesting. They have some great stuff to say. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, you can also follow the production along of the film on Instagram. You go to fireworks.film. Uh, yeah, I highly recommend you do that. It's really cool that, you know, with social media, today's day and age, that we can uh, follow the production of films and media in general like this. And you can build this like real sense of community before it's even out. Um, so yeah, that's really exciting. Definitely check it out. Fireworks.film. But for now, here's a chat with Sam and Michelle. You're on Loud and Queer. 
Joining us on the show, we have Sam McGowan and Misha Plant. They are both working on a short film called Fireworks, and it is exploring themes of friendship, desire, and teenage angst while depicting how genuinely lonely it can be to be a queer teenager. Sam and Misha, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey, Sammy. <laughs> um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourselves? Because uh, I gave a pretty introduction then yeah sure um so i'm sam i'm a filmmaker based in nam i'm mainly looking at uh queer films yeah i do a bit of directing producing um yeah that's sort of me i'm misha my pronouns are they them i guess i'm also a filmmaker mostly doing producing stuff do you want to tell us a little bit about fireworks like i guess a general synopsis and then like the tone of the film yeah, uh, so Fireworks follows uh, Luke, who's this lonely 17-year-old um, who downloads Grinder on New Year's Eve and tries to lose his virginity in the final few hours of the year. Um, so it's sort of exploring, um, as you said, like this teen angst and um, sex and uh, all these kind of those like big emotions you have when you're a teenager and you're navigating all that stuff for the first time. Yeah, awesome. You made a documentary, Sam, in 2019 that was called Prom Night and uh, uh, obviously a pretty different narrative approach and like general tone, but I feel the main themes are similar. Um, and I was wondering if you had any thoughts on the connection between those, or I guess just what it's like, what it's been like to explore these themes in both fiction and nonfiction. Yeah, it's obviously like a really different thing making a documentary. But yeah, as you said, it's it's pretty similar themes. I, I've always been like interested in exploring like queer coming of age, just because I feel like it's something I never see. Um, or at least when I was growing up, like I never really saw what I felt to be like accurate representations of what it's like to grow up when you're queer. So I guess... They're both covering similar ground, but they're also very different. Um, like Billy, who's the uh, subject of Prom Night, has like a, a completely different sort of journey and experience of growing up queer to what we look at in Fireworks, which, yeah, I, I really love that experience because you get to see, uh, I mean, you know, like the queer community is made up of so many, um, you know, infinite amounts of experience and everyone's had a different sort of growing up experience so um, being able to look at someone else's and with uh, fireworks like I drew a lot from my own life and then prom night Billy really kind of like led us into their life and their story um, so yeah it was great to see like yeah for, the, for them to share that with us was was really special I thought yeah yeah amazing yeah I guess like you mentioned there that growing up um, I feel like a lot of us didn't really see queer stories coming of age and just regardless, I feel. So how has it felt for you, I guess both of you, to be telling like queer stories within your student films and just this early on in your career? I could imagine it's like, you feel a bit proud about it, but also like would be very nerve wracking at times. I think it feels good. Like it feels natural. I'm not sure what other, I don't know, just when I think about making films, I don't know why I would ever want to make one that isn't about queer people and covering those themes and stuff, regardless of the genre. I think being a queer person, I'd always want to have that at the forefront of the story somehow, I guess. 
It's great. It's amazing. Yeah, I guess I'm motivated by that thing of like, like what would I have wanted to watch when I was growing up? So to be able to like actually make that and I don't know, be able to try and begin to like fill this huge gap of of content where, yeah, you get to see like yourself or you get to see something that feels true to you in this medium or like this genre that uh, hasn't really catered to you much before. Yeah. Awesome. So you fundraised on Posible and successfully passed your fundraising goal. Congratulations, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. How is that fundraising process and like, how are you both feeling now that that's like wrapped successfully? I feel really, I'm very much like glad it's over. <laughs> um, it's, I feel like there's a bit of guilt, like <laughs> constantly posting and like hounding all your friends and family, but I mean, we did it. What What do you think, Sam? How would it be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sam, it's, it's really hard and it's hard to like ask people to like, um, you know, like invest in, in your thing and, and say like, you know, you should care about this because of, you know, these reasons. Yes, it's hard. It's like nerve wracking. And, but I mean, it, it was great. Like, I mean, we, as you said, we like surpassed our target and, you know, like, I think this is like my second or third puzzle that I've done. And it's always like, I feel nervous about it always because I think like, oh, what if like no one cares? <laughs> like what if no one um, gives us any money and like it's a terrible, like everyone thinks it's a terrible idea. Um, so yeah, to be able to like hit the target and surpass this, it's like, it's it's great and yeah, a huge relief. Yeah, so speaking of it, uh, there's like a story synopsis on the page and uh, there you wrote at the very end of it, um, the majority of the cast and crew in this film identify as LGBTQ+. We believe it's vital that queer people tell their stories. Uh, yeah, do either or both of you want to speak on that a little bit more and like why you feel it's important? I feel like it's an obvious question, but uh, got to ask it. And yeah, keen to hear your answers. I think with what Sam was saying before about there not being much, like you don't really see yourself on screen much when we were growing up previous I guess like representations of the past it's like when you do see queer characters it's just you just think like who wrote this like it just feels so much more believable and like I think audiences are more engaged when it's coming from an authentic place particularly because I as the producer sort of like was in charge of getting the crew um, for the film wanted to have as many queer identifying or LGBTQ identifying people as possible just so everyone felt comfortable and I don't know at home not that I mean yeah no that makes that makes sense because you know it's a it's a queer story you're telling um that's like also taking like drawing from personal experiences so you want everyone to understand that on some level which yeah it makes sense and then I, I love the uh the approach as well that you know, often overlooked like cast and crew, not just cast is uh, when you're focusing on like representation. Yeah, I feel as well, like just creatively working, like it's so much easier where 
you like to speak like specifically to the cast like I feel like exploring the themes and like the emotions of this story like for me they came from like a place that was very specific to the experience that I had of being queer so like not having to I guess explain so much of that was um refreshing I guess like because not not to say that everyone has had the same experience of being queer but there are those uh, things that you can you can connect over and bond over and being able to do that with the cast I felt made it like a, a better film in the end yeah for sure that makes a lot of sense so wrapping up I guess um this is a film about isolation that you can feel as a queer teenager and uh this is a youth station so for any queer teenagers that might be listening do you have any words or uh, general advice to give I think maybe just I guess I found this like late teens slash where I am now so a bit later but finding and connecting with other gay people is like makes you I don't know it just makes everything better (laughs) so I don't know if you I'm sure you have queer friends but if you don't get some I don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah I guess as well, like in terms of like physicality for some people with that isolation now, there's like lots of online spaces that like even in whatever home situation you could probably find. Yeah, that's um, like I was going to say the same thing, like just to find your community and like it might take you a while to like find, you know, the, the queer people that you connect with or that like, you feel is for you but yeah like find I, I would just say like find your community because that for me has been like the most rewarding and like enriching and like you know sometimes life-saving like part of being queer yeah absolutely and yeah sometimes as well for young people that involves also just waiting for the the right and safe time to also find that but yeah hold out um cool for anyone listening to the show that wants a chance to see fireworks. Obviously, it's um, a, a, a vague thing with the the graduate film. But is there a place to follow or a place to go like online where you'd be posting about like up and coming screenings and information? Yeah, we have an Instagram, um, which the uh, what do you call it? Username the handle. Yeah, is <laughs> fireworks film. Fireworks dot film. Fireworks dot film. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, which so far we've just sort of been posting about fundraising and some some stills and stuff um, of the film. But when we fully finish it, like um, get it graded and stuff, we'll start uh, submitting to festivals and we'll keep everyone posted on, you know, successful entries, I guess. So when we'll be screening the film on the uh, on the Instagram. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank Thanks you for having us. Uh, is there anything else you'd want to plug? Um, places to find you online or any, any other stuff you just want to talk about? It's all good if there's not. <laughs> I don't think so. You can uh, follow me at Sam X McGowan on my stuff if uh, I usually post there, like what I'm up to film wise. Um, or yeah, just the film Instagram. Yeah, I would agree with that. Thanks again to Sam and Misha for joining me and talking about their film. You can uh, check it out on Instagram at fireworks.film. I highly recommend you do. 
uh, very exciting stuff going on there. We're going to be jumping into another track for you now here on Loud and Queer. This is Be Sweet by Japanese Breakfast off their incredible new album, Jubilee. A long time coming for the fans here, but it's out. Let's go. Here it is. It's Be Sweet, Japanese Breakfast, Loud and Queer, Sin. Welcome back to Loud and Queer. My name's Laura. I'm here with my co-hosts Sammy and Elizabeth, and you just heard Be Sweet by Japanese Breakfast. So we're just going to go into our froth or not for the week. Uh, Laura, what was your froth for this week? Um, My biggest froth was definitely the fact that these um, homophobes on their boat who were like heckling uh, some queer people on their boat for uh, waving the pride flag, just like having it on the boat. Um, The homophobes boat caught on fire and then they were stranded out there and uh, the best part of it was the queers just like sat there and laughed (laughs) refused to help them and you could see on their faces like as they were in the water in their stupid little life vests being like grumpy that like they had lost and also that they wanted help but they were like too proud to ask it was just yeah it was a beautiful thing to watch truly karmic justice at its (laughs) finest and then my other froth was just um that last night a new season of feel good came out which is about um may martin's life kind of um but in a in a tv show and it's just really queer and in this season they're sort of like exploring their gender identity and that's always quite fun um but yeah what about what about you two what's going on in your lives and what are you frothing honestly for me like it's something small but it's something that i also just kind of love is that like when i've been going on tiktok lately just seeing all the people like people that I follow or people that just come up on my For You page just like talking about Pride Month and like coming out with their identities and just being really proud of who they are. It just like, mm. you don't see that often. So it makes me really happy to see. Nice. That's cute. Yeah. I'm not, um, I'm not on TikTok at all. Is there like anyone talking about like the history of Pride? Like uh, here's, a, here's a quick minute TikTok lesson on like Marsha P. Johnson. Um, I see, I do come across them and everything. I don't come across enough of them, which is annoying, but like I do follow quite a few like, indigenous queer folks who are love lovely people and they're really passionate about what they talk about i follow this one that recommends a bunch of other uh, indigenous small businesses which is lovely can't remember their username which really stresses me out right now um we can always uh, post it when you find it again yeah but it's just it's lovely having like because obviously tiktok is like a lot of websites like if you find if you stumble into the wrong side of it you can deal with a lot of horrible people and everything straight toxic shout out super straight tiktok yeah shout out to straight tiktok (laughs) oh toxic monogamists are like my least favorite part of tiktok and i don't even have tiktok but Mm. i do remember there being a lot of queer history lessons last pride but i Mm. haven't seen any this year i don't know why but my instagram feed is just full of rainbow capitalism discourse which like i obviously agree that it's all like terrible and messed up but I want to see it like progress more like I want to see more people shouting out those brands instead of just saying oh go buy from independent brand independent queer brands it's like let's all try and shout out those I think because yeah all I see is like oh don't buy from big corporations it's like we are all we've all like discuss that let's like 
try and be more proactive about like supporting actual queer people. And that's really true. It's very much like it's a lot of that um, like stop like stop saying and actually like take part in it, like actually recommend them and go look for these independent brands, not just like mm. rolling your eyes whenever you see like brands supporting it. Like I guess like one small solace that I have in it is the fact that like it has become a point where like being queer and being proud, like it is a point where it is normalised, the point where like it is a money-grabbing scheme, I guess. Like, mm. it's not something that is just ignored or condemned at this point. Like, it's it's digging its scraps, but sometimes you take what you can get. Yeah, I suppose, like, a lot of us don't even feel that keen to celebrate Pride because of how it is now, right? Like, it's so... Like, we talked a bit about it last week, but I don't... Um... I like was over pride parades like almost before I even like got to go to one just because of you know all of that history coming out sort of that year when I started like reading about it all and I was like oh it's terrible like what's the point so <laughs> it can be like a really great moment for people but then it's also I guess a reminder that um yeah it's not like it's not what it should be mm. Yeah, I feel like though after like a decade of um, just slow like co-option to the point where like rainbow capitalism is where it is now, there's like also more and more pushback against it in like mm. pride organizing committees and whatnot to uh, kind of like bring it back to its community-based, activist-based kind of like origins. So yeah, you know, it's all it, that's like been something that I've seen a lot more uh this year and like i guess the oh, the cool. discourse around rainbow capitalism just comes with that and hopefully yeah it's going to move beyond that to like being supportive and also discussing mm. like beyond just not buying things with a rainbow on it not made by like a queer person like what what else can we do and like what else can we learn from and pride every year yeah that's a good point the other part is not just um giving your money to those small um queer businesses but also like actively doing things in your community as well as a queer person yeah like I, I hate how like I keep like how it's always like kind of like I'm stuck with but the importance of like knowing like what your impact is and how you yourself can do better like obviously mm. it shouldn't be like you shouldn't like negate your own like when you do when you do things to help others like obviously you shouldn't be like oh it's not enough or anything but like looking at ways you can keep furthering yourself to like help out the community and stuff like that yeah it's like an ongoing process Mm. did you have any froths this week sammy yeah um well i guess on i I gotta throw another one in now as well uh, on the back of that discussion Mm. uh the nam food angels currently fundraising on chuffed if you want to check it out and uh I feel like it's very in line with what we were just talking about because it's queer mutual aid and mm. uh, frothing that their campaign is, is going well and going strong oh, pretty, great. pretty far into oh, what's going on. And like they started December last year. So mm. yeah, it's going strong and the fundraiser is still up and doing pretty well. So that's good to see. Uh, nice. But my main froth that I had prepared this week was uh, one I was just watching before. I've been watching a lot of Tiny Desk concerts and like my favorite ones. And uh, I was watching my all-time favorite one just this morning, which is uh, Ravina uh amazing like r&b queer artist shout out that tiny desk concert uh it's very good 
Very cool. And we'll listen to that up next. But first, I wanted to know if any of uh, either of you have a knot that you want to rant about. No. Uh, <laughs> no, that's good. Too many. Yeah, too <laughs> oh, many, honestly. Okay. That's not good. <laughs> Instead of like elaborating on my, my knots, I just say like, screw this group of people. <laughs> For instance. It's great. I love it. Um, and this week it's old conservatives who think that it's like an affront to their beliefs um, that people tell you not to uh, perpetuate gender stereotypes. Um, so particularly not a good morning to them is all I'm getting. <laughs> good morning to everyone except old conservatives who think that um, Western gender constructs are real. But anyway, we will listen to Close to You by Ravina. Welcome back to Loud and Queer. I'm your host, Elizabeth, with Laura and Sammy. You just listened to Close to You by Ravina. If you ever want to, if you want to contact us about some of the stuff that we talked about on the show, you can reach out to us at SinLoud, that's at S-Y-N-Loud on Instagram and Twitter, as well as Loud and Queer on Facebook. You can also listen to our podcasts again anywhere you stream your podcasts. Just search Loud and Queer. And uh, if you want to listen to the show again next week, remember 3pm, 90.7 FM or sin.org.au, you can hear us chat about more queer topics. You can find all the music we've been playing on the show for the year and uh, yeah, just week to week on our Spotify playlist, The Loud and Queer Mixtape 2021. And uh, thanks so much for listening to the show. We'll see you next Sunday at 3. You've been listening to Loud and Queer with Laura, Sammy and Elizabeth. This podcast is brought to you by Sin Media.